I want to share with us briefly today about praying from the presence of God. Praying from the presence of God. I know our prayer season is gone and we are now moving on with other things, but the Bible still commands us to pray without ceasing. When I received Jesus Christ, two services were very difficult for me, prayer and giving. And I believe some people still struggle with that. Cornelius gave a lot of alms. He also prayed a lot of prayers. They went before the Lord. He had not even given his life to Christ yet. And that should tell us why the enemy doesn't want us to pray. He wants us to be busy with other things. Or when we pray, we pray amiss. In petition and prayer, the words come first. But in intercession, the presence comes before the prayer. Let's read the book of John, chapter 15, verse 7 to 8, in the Amplified Version. Let's read... Let's read uh, verse 7 in King James Version first. It says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. I, I like the King James Version. Sounds original. It's heavy in grammar, in quotes. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Let's look at verse 7 and verse 8 in the Amplified Version. Can we read together, church? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is if we are virtually united and my message lives in your heart, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. Can we go back to verse 7 and see a few things there? It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. This exactly means something beyond just accepting Jesus Christ. It has to do with locating the presence of God and abiding there. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. And it goes ahead to explain that is if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart. Not in your notebook. Ask whatever you wish, 
and it will be done for you. Being one with Christ, being vitally united, and keeping the message of God in your heart. My word have I hidden in your heart that I may not sin against. Pastor has been teaching us about the fear of God. One of the key things that can help you in your pursuit for the fear of God is to want to abide, not to visit. Oh, I'm going to the Sunday service. I hope today the presence of God will be there. Until we get to some point where we say, I'm taking the presence of God into the service. I want to be there on time lest anybody misses it. Because when I'm not there, there's some certain aspect of the presence that may be missing. You see, we see it different. We, 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 we want to come and find God. We should bring him. Amen. One of the things I realized a few years ago is that I cannot rely on the tempo of the service to determine whether I had the presence of God. Because he said, I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. He's there, even when I don't feel him. He's there with us. He's here with us right now, where two or three are gathered. At least we can't lack that number. In his name, he is there. It's a covenant. God says he will be with you until the end of the age. But how do we get to abide in the presence of God before we can even pray? Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6. Let's read it in Amplified Classic. Let's read, church. Seek, inquire for, and require the Lord while he may be found, claiming him by necessity and by right. Call upon him while he is near. Seek. We have to seek. We have to inquire for and require the Lord. And most of the times we seek God when we are in difficult times. I used to belong to a fellowship um, somewhere in a military base. And um, during the end month, you could tell by the numbers, people were busy shopping and running helter-skelter. Um, so we used to have very few people. But somewhere towards mid-month, and where it cuts the corner, the fellowship would be full of people coming to seek God for their problems. I just want to ask a question. How many of us would really love to have friends who call you when they have a problem? And when they don't, 
they block you. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. There is good news here. The Lord can be found. But what do we call seeking the Lord? Most of the times we, we think just seeking the Lord is just going to pray and pray and pray until the presence comes down. That's one of the ways you could seek the Lord, but I tell you, it's the most difficult. And I was a young believer. We were taught, if you want to seek the Lord, torture yourself. Go out there in the bush where there are snakes and mosquitoes and the fast and Fight with the mosquitoes and the hunger and all those things. After five days, you will come out a prayer warrior. And I think that doctrine has been passed on to us. If you want to meet with our pastor, will you call him in that kiosk? You know it where you are sniffing a lot of smoke and uh, the, the soup is beaten a certain way. And the mutura is measured with a very thin knife. Is that where you would call our pastor? You see, sometimes we have to believe that honoring God and seeking God has to do with us offering him the best. My principle when I'm going to buy anything that I will use for the work of God, I look for the most expensive. I don't try to save God money. I can save myself money, not him. And we did that. We went to seek the Lord. The only problem was, We'll come back loaded with the presence, but after two weeks, it is gone. You need to go again. If God is holy, if God is mighty, if God is great, it's good to have a good place. Separate a place for yourself to meet with him. It says, seek him, inquire, require the Lord while he may be found. He can be found. I have no reason not to find him because he can be found. Why am I not finding God if he is available? You see, revival comes by asking ourselves hard questions. If God is that available, if God is this good, and everybody else seems to be finding him, why am I not finding him? It has to do with how we seek him. When I got born again, they used to force people to speak in tongues. They would hold your head and tell you, start saying, say, ri, 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 ri. You see, speaking in tongues is not like Swahili. The Holy Spirit has to do it. If you try to teach, you will get lost because you will either be in the flesh while trying to teach or you don't even know how to teach. You let the Holy Spirit do the work. 
I see people all over the world trying to seek the presence of God. Some think it's in the uniform, some think it's in the type of drums they beat, some think it's in the, in the singing of the songs religiously. Have you seen? Sometimes we do sing religiously. We say, I gladly bow my knees, and we are standing in the presence. I clap my hands, and we don't do it. Well, no judgment at all. You have to get the revelation that you're in the presence of God. He's there. He's standing before you, not the worship team. And you worship him. You forget about everything. How do we seek the Lord? Jeremiah chapter 12, verse... I'm sorry. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12 to 13. Beg your pardon. Let's read together. Then you will call upon me. You will come and pray to me. And I will... That's amazing. You will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear and heed you. It's a promise from God that when you come to him and you pray to him, he will hear and heed you. That means he will hear, he will answer you. So how do we seek him? First, we seek him through humility. Humility. Second Chronicles 7, 12 to 15. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Next verse, let's read together. If I shut up heaven so no rain falls, or if I command locusts to devour the land, and I send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. What comes first before prayer? Humility. What is humility? Is it looking timid? Speaking slowly, hurting no one. I learned humility the hardest way. The Lord taught me. About 12 years ago, a missionary friend of mine talked to her friend, who is a pastor in the Bronx, to have me go and speak at his church on a Sunday service. So I had um, several hours of flying connecting through Atlanta, Georgia. And the Lord told me before I left John Wayne Airport that you will be speaking about humility. And I was so excited about going to speak about humility 
because in my head I thought Americans need it. And so, on the plane I knew, I'm talking about humility, Lord give me the scriptures, give me the scriptures. Until we got to Atlanta, Georgia, no scriptures. And you know, it's easy when the Lord tells you something to leave him behind and you go and get it yourself done. Especially if you have been to Bible school. And so, I got to Atlanta. I was changing terminals. And there is a certain terminal in Atlanta which has a very interesting brother in the Lord. He is a cleaner of one of the bathrooms at the terminals. And he has various ways of reaching out to people for Christ and introducing himself to the travelers right inside the bathroom. His name is William. He always goes saying things like, welcome to this bathroom, my name is William. I am the CEO of this bathroom. My work involves cleaning the, seriously, and he has the voice, he's black American. And he says, so welcome to William's bathrooms. It is the place to be if you have to wee. And he keeps going, going, going. He has won many people to Christ. I don't know whether to call him a bathroom ministry or what, but he's just anointed to do that. God has peculiar people doing peculiar things. So I said, let me pass by William's bathrooms because they are the cleanest, and people have to go there and bless him. So I go to this bathroom. I have a few minutes, like, 35, that will enable me to get to the terminal. And I decide, let me use one of the bathrooms. Remember, I'm going to preach about humility. So I get into the bathroom, and I find it's messed up, totally messed up. I will not tell you how messed up it was, because I want you to be able to eat lunch today. But it was a total mess. I'm traveling. I have my suit on, and I look very good. And then I say, okay, I'm not going to use this one. Someone has messed it up. Let me go to the next. Immediately I get out, the Holy Spirit says, go back. And I'm like, for what? So I go back. I look at the bathroom. And the Holy Spirit tells me, ask William to give you the mop and take care of this mess. And I'm like, that's not God. God will not tell a preacher who is going to preach just to mop a bathroom. It's not. So I left again, but he said, do what I said. Then I was like, okay. William, can you give me something? He said, I'm the one to clean. I said, no, I will clean. I cleaned the bathroom, and when it was clean for use, my flight starts calling. I didn't use it. So I rushed very quickly. I bought my flight. I sit down, and the Lord teaches me something. He says, that's humility. That's what Christ did. He cleaned your mess for you 
to live a good life. He didn't need a good life. Though he was a son of God, the Bible says he did not count it anything as anything being equal with God, but he humbled himself and took care of our mess. And I'm still wondering, Lord, what, where are you going with this? Then the Lord tells me, humility is not a posture. Humility is a discipline. It's choosing to do the things you don't feel like doing just because the Lord requires them of you. It's just rising up and going to witness to someone just you, because you know the Lord requires of you, not because you believe you have enough Bible knowledge to do it. It's giving when you don't understand what the results will be. Now sometimes it's good to be motivated, but we have to be motivated with so many scriptures. Oh, give. God will give you something back. What if he doesn't? We know he's faithful, he will. But until we get to a point of humility where we think like, yes, we know he's able to save us from your fire, but even if he doesn't save us from your fire, we will still worship him. Because we are trusting not just in his power, but in his character. He says, if my people will humble themselves, following the will of God and seeking the will of God is very key in maintaining the presence of God in your life. Listen, Moses is leading the children of Israel. They go through very many problems. And at some point, Moses gets so tired with it. And in the book of Exodus 33, verse 14 to 17, he says, And the Lord said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Before we read the other scriptures, I want to say something from that verse. How many of you desire rest? Bible says there remains a rest for the people of God. Rest does not come from anything else except the presence of God. Not the presence you come to feel, but the presence you abide in. He said, you are so tired because you have been going alone. Ministry is very difficult because you've been going alone. Business is so hard because you have been going alone. You are tired because I was not with you. Anything that tires you in your life to the point of giving up is because the Lord was not with you. He says, my presence shall go with you, 
and I will give you rest. God is not telling them, you will sit. You will still be walking in the wilderness. You will still be journeying days and nights. But because of the presence, you will feel refreshed. When you are praying from the presence of God, you don't get to a point of getting tired with prayer. You look forward to the hour of prayer. I told you last time I have a very weird, in quotes, behavior. Before I take a shower, I take some time in the presence of God. Not five, ten minutes, thirty minutes. Good time. It's more refreshing than a shower, believe me. And if you don't, go and try. If you do it from your heart, you'll be more refreshed than taking a hot shower. He says, I will give you rest. And Moses said, let's go to the next verse and start reading together. And Moses said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with me, do not carry us up from here. Next verse. For by what shall it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinguished and that your people from all other people upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing. Also that you, you have asked, for you have found favor, loving kindness, and mercy in my sight, I know you personally and by name. Let's go back to verse 16. Something very important there. For what shall it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight? Is it not in you going with us so that we are distinguished? It's very easy to come to a service like this one and wait for a preacher to say, I declare favor upon your life, and everybody says, I receive. But favor really comes when you are going with the Lord. Favor is a product of the presence. So if you want a favor, don't ask for favor. Seek the presence of God. When we seek the Lord, when we find him, when we abide in his presence, favor those with us. It will go ahead of you. The Lord said, Moses is saying, what will bring the difference? Is if we go with you. The presence of God distinguishes you from the rest. It's a presence. You know, when, when as young people we started having the zeal to preach the word of God, we thought the anointing moved because of saying big things and speaking things that other people have not spoken about. I tell you something, a whisper in the presence is more impactful than a shout outside the presence. 
operating from the presence of God, praying from the presence of God, is a key to being effective. It singles you out. The presence of God distinguishes you even in the streets from a common man. In 2002, I was invited for a prayer conference in Cape Town, South Africa. I was still young, so I thought the bus is cheaper than the flight. So I took the bus through Tanzania, Zambia, Zimbabwe. South Africa used, ended up using some little bit more money and getting a lot tired. If you let your mind lead you, it will lead you to places. After the prayer conference, which was very good, I decided it's time to return to Nairobi through Harare, another prayer conference. And so we went to the airport. I wasn't keen with my passport and money. And in the midst of all these brethren who we had been in a one-week prayer conference with was a thief who stole my passport and all the money. We had already checked in. We were in the airport. I had my boarding pass, so I realized in Johannesburg, I have lost my passport and all my money in dollars except 50 rand, which I had with me. So I put my luggage in a shelf, paid for it, and started asking for directions. First time in Johannesburg, first time in South Africa, no money, no passport, nothing. I, don't, I think in 2002 there were mobile phones, only for a few people. Pagers were popular. I didn't own a phone or a pager, so there was no WhatsApp group. <laughs> Young people, no WhatsApp group. And so they said, um, you can go and report to Hillbrew Police Station. You know, when people are malicious, they give you wrong direction. So I walked from Oliver Tambo to Hillbrew Police Station found many Nigerians at the police station, I reported myself. Of course, they picked me from the line and said, come here, sir, what do you need? I said, I've lost all my money. I need some way to get back. I had never lost a passport, so I didn't know what you need to do. And they said, we don't need you here, because here we are dealing with the people we arrested. You have brought yourself. So go to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Again, I walked in the heat of the day. Those of you who've been to Johannesburg from Hillbrew, you go up and then you turn and go down. Almost about two hours walk again. That was about four hours combined. I've no money for lunch, nothing. I'm from the presence of God. I'm in the presence of God. You see, it doesn't guarantee you things will be smooth. Just because you're in the presence, sometimes you'll find some turbulence. And that will prove to you that you are with, he is with you. So I went to the Market Street, went up to the third floor. 
I reported to the immigration officer there. It's now getting to four o'clock. And the officer tells me, you know, we have no problem with you. All you need to go is to go to the Kenyan embassy in Pretoria. They'll give you a special traveling letter. So I think Pretoria is maybe part of the city. Ask him, how far is it from here? He said, okay, if you get a vehicle and it goes fast, it will be one hour. And that means it's until tomorrow. So I'm thinking, I know no one. I don't know where that Pretoria is. I don't even know the address. The Market Street, for those of you who have been to South Africa, is one of the most dangerous streets to be in, either day or night. That's where the street families live. So I walk out of that office. I don't know what to do, where to go. I don't know how to ask anybody for help. And I decide today I'm going to sleep outside here with the street families, which I really do. I need to rest. So I lie on grass, put my hand on my head, and when I did that, I thought they can only steal my shoes. There's nothing else they can. But somewhere around almost 100 meters, I saw a big sign under the rows of the shops reading Gospel Outreach. Pastor T.N. Wuslow, a Portuguese pastor. And the Lord says, Go there. What does that mean? I have no money. I have no one, but he is still there. So I go. When I get there, I go up. I ask for the pastor. When I get to the pastor, what do you do when a pastor who looks very rich with a huge congregation asks you what you need and you don't have money, you don't have passport, you want to ask for everything, right? The Holy Spirit says, ask him for food. Tell him what has happened to you. Ask him for food and don't tell him who you are. So I said, can I have some food? He said, sure, sure. Ushered me to the dining room at the church. He had me get some food. When I finished, I was taken back to him. The Holy Spirit told me, just say, pray for me, I want to live. And that's what I told him. He laid his hands on me after far, less than five minutes, he stopped praying. And he asked me, who are you? You see, the Lord knows you by your name. If you are in the spirit, if you are in his presence, other people who are in the spirit and in his presence will know you. So he told me, sit down. Before we say anything, pick that phone, dial, call Kenya, tell somebody you are in trouble, but now the trouble is resolved. I'm like, he's teaching me faith. Nothing has been resolved. <laughs> Only the hunger thing. You know, if you walk with God, he will do some very weird things to you. You'll think, God, are we getting there? Because you have your way and he has... Even in prayer, you want to pray a certain way, 
you are going to pray for your family members who have given you trouble all these years. You get there in his presence. He tells you, I want you to pray for Germany. And you're like, Lord, this is about that uncle, not Germany. Long story short, he prayed. He told me, the Lord just told me to make sure you sleep. I will personally take you to Pretoria tomorrow morning. So after we leave, I realize he has these long limousines. He's a gold miner. And he's very wealthy. So he takes, drives me in it. We get to the hotel basement. He bends on his steering wheel and says, who are you? The Lord says you should stay at my guest house, not in a hotel. I have no coin. But I'm riding in a very good car. And I'm now going to stay in a guest house. When we go to his palatial villa, every, he has four guest houses. Every guest house, its own swimming pool. But you know, you can be in the presence of God, but you, you need to teach yourself to rest. To rest. If you're trying to pray in the presence of God, it's very easy for the enemy to disrupt you with fear and worry. So those guide your agenda. Sometimes in the presence of God, you just need to stay and listen and say nothing. Because what he wants to tell you is more important and more accurate than what you want to tell him. So I slept following morning was a Friday. He drove me to Pretoria. They were not seeing anybody because the consular office and the ambassador were having a special meeting. Everybody was being told, come next week. But then, when the security guys saw the kind of car we were driving in, and of course, I believe it's the Lord's presence, like was with the lepers. He opened the gate. And from the office where they were meeting, they could see a very long limousine with a white driver and a black man. So God, God sometimes likes creating situations, so they think this must be a senior person. I tell you, I was served in less than five minutes. They told me, go get the pictures. They told the security guy, here is the seal. When he comes back, he sticks the pictures on this letter, seal for him, and let him go. We don't want trouble here. <laughs> so when you pray, believe God has done it, even when you don't see it. Especially when you don't see it, he's just creating a scene somewhere. And I went back. That was the first time someone opened for me a bank account in South Africa. Put me money to the millions in Kenya shilling. I mean, I tell you, I came back richer than I went to South Africa. <laughs> when I read Psalms 23... I see someone who knew the secrets of being in the presence of God. 
I want to say this before we read it. The presence of God is like God's situation room. How many of you know what a situation room is? When the president of America is faced with a challenge, especially that requires the sending out of military to war, He is briefed in the situation room. He's briefed in the situation room. And he makes decisions there. Contrary, on the contrary, God in his presence is the one who breathes you in prayer. And he tells you what to pray. Because the Holy Spirit likewise helps us in our infirmities... For we do not know not what, but not how, but what to pray for. If you want to pray in God's agenda, not your agenda, or moved by your needs, which is still okay, pray in the presence of God. Let the presence come first, then pray a second. Because there, he will move you. The greatest movement on earth today is not any movement you know. It's not even the Pentecostal movement. It's a movement of remnants in the spirit interceding for the next move of God. You read the book of Matthew. I don't have enough time to do that. You will see before Jesus Christ was born, there were prophetic intercessors waiting in the temple for the coming of the Lord. It had been revealed to them by the Holy Spirit in the presence of God. And because of that, they chose not to leave the temple. They chose to abide in the presence. And they prayed. And when Jesus came, they needed no introduction. It had been revealed to them that they will not die until they have seen the Messiah. God wants this for all of us. He wants us to learn, to abide, to stay, to fight, to strive all we can to maintain the presence of God. Because therein, every need we have is met. Every need for your business, every need for your family, even healing, if you want to be healed the easiest way, do not just seek the healing, seek the presence. In the presence, there is healing. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. In the presence of God, everything you are looking for, even your marriage partner, is there. Every security you need, when you get into the presence of God, you have no revelation how secured you are. You are more secured than the president of America. I, I'm not saying this to excite you. This is not motivational speech. You are guarded by angels, not men who can make mistakes. And they are commanded by God himself. He will not let you dash. He will not, he will not let any weapon formed against you hurt you. So when you are praying in the presence of God, your fearful agenda diminishes. 
When you are praying in the presence, you, you don't use the blood of Jesus like lotion. Baba ata masikio yangu napaka damu ya Yesu Kristo. Ata imigo kwa imani. You just know the blood did it for you. God is here for you. You know, when I was a young boy, we used to play soccer. My, fa my, my father was an ex-military, King's African rivals, former World War II veteran, feared by the chief. I also had a brother who was a karateka. I knew no karate, I'd never been in the military. But when I was in the field, I was the king. I would command big boys, you drop the ball, get out of the field. And they would do it. But you see, Jesus is your brother. If the devil can do nothing and your life is hidden with Christ and Christ in God, then the devil has to deal with God, deal with Christ to get to you. You'll not be hearing pigeons running over your ceiling and you're like, in the name of, you know some pigeons can be demons. <laughs> I don't care what version the devil comes in. I have God. Not just in me, I struggle to live in his presence. I do all I can. If God says, don't do this, don't deal with this customer, I do that because I want to keep the presence, not keep the customer. Business is not about business deals for those of you that are in business. It's about doing exactly what the Lord wants you to do. In the presence of God, you feel bigger than your size. I'll tell you my last story. Then we'll read Psalms 23 from a man who dwelt in the presence of God. When I was 26 years old, just to take care of your curiosity, I will turn 51 this June. So that, that shouldn't bother you until you don't hear the word of God. He, I was still working with a certain ministry, and we had lunch hour meetings in town at the age of 26. How many of you are less than 26 years old? God bless you. I started being a seeker when I was a young man. All the questions young people you are asking for. How much will I be paid? Why am I earning less than my level of education? Who will I get married to? Blah, 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 blah. All that, the answers are in the present. So at the age of 26, we were having problems in the city. For those of you who remember, those are the late 90s. Even in a church like this, if you left your Bible to come to the front, they will steal it in church. So when we had to pray, we were actually physically watching and praying. <laughs> Otherwise your pass or everything. Yeah, last, was it last Sunday but one? We came to pray in front here and she, she left our pass just open with my phone inside and we prayed and when we were going home I was like, this church has really saved people. 
God bless you, my neighbors over there. I was asking her, you mean you left my 240,000 worth of phone in a pass open? If that was then, the whole pass, not just the phone, will be gone. So we had to fight on. I was leading an all-night prayer meeting every Friday at the center of the city, and many people were coming. And so I don't know where I went wrong, but one day, on a Friday, after the lunch hour meeting, I crossed Kenyatta Avenue coming towards Tomboya, where Tuskis Beba Beba or Bank of Baroda used to be. And when I got right at the place where that alley was, there were not as many people as today. Two men accosted me. One had a gun. I'm carrying my Bible. They said, go in. Go into the car. I sat, I sat between them at the back. And the driver took off. In the process, they blindfolded me. You know, it was a Peugeot 504, the, the station wagon. So you could throw someone to the trunk from the seat. After they tied me and bound me, it was tinted, they threw me back. And those days I knew this will either be CID or special branch. So I started praying, God, I repent. If I have done anything wrong for the government, <laughs> I don't know where I went wrong. So they took me round, round, round. Somewhere along the way, two ladies now joined. And I could tell there was one lady in front, another one. So now they were five, plus the driver. Five of them. We drove around for about an hour. We fueled somewhere. I could listen and tell where we are by, thank God for the Makangas. They are just calling out, gong, 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 gong. They don't know they are telling someone in the vehicle the direction. But at some point, we got totally lost. So, long story short, we got to the forest, and I knew what was happening. Now when I calmed down, when you're worried, you never know what is going on. You just ask, what is happening? But now I knew what was happening. I sensed this was a spiritual thing. So we got somewhere in a very thick forest. I couldn't see or hear anything. They took me out. They took out the blindfold. They told me to sit down. And the man with the gun had it. I don't know whether it was the church that I was serving, which was really disturbing the devil worshippers or what, but they said, you have disturbed us a lot. And I didn't ask how. So I, I, I knew it was probably the church. I tell you, church, when you come here on Wednesday, you really shake the devil. You may not see it, but believe it. When you pray for this country, you disturb every other kind of person who worships the devil. 
And they told me right here, right now. Right here, right now. We want you to deny Christ or we kill you. My military instincts came up. Unajua kuna saa unasikia roi metoka. I started thinking about my taekwondo, but then I saw it's not good here. <laughs> but the spirit of the Lord at that moment gave me boldness. I said, no, I will not. So the guy said to the ladies, bring. They brought some chemical which they applied all over my face and my neck. It was supposed to burn me. Instead, it did nothing. Nothing can harm you in the presence. When they saw it was not working, this man said, I'm giving you last chance. Last chance. Deny Christ. I tell you, it's very easy to thump your chest and say, I will never deny you, Jesus, until you find yourself in a situation of making that choice. I looked down. I looked up, then I felt bold. I'm still kneeling down. I said, I will never. So do what you need to do quickly. It will save your time. He took the gun. He cocked it. He pulled the trigger. Nothing. The Lord had set it up in a way that one of the ladies was to bring it he, she picked the one without bullets. <laughs> so my deliverance began. He got so mad with the lady, he hit her with a gun. I told you to bring the one that is loaded. The lady also got back at him, so they were divided into two. I started watching their fights. But one man said, this young man is not guilty of anything. Maybe the Lord saved him. The lady said, we can kill him through other means. Must we use a gun? But the other guy who heard it listened. So after like 15 minutes, they asked me. It was getting towards 7 o'clock. Where do you want us to take you? I decided I'll never get a ride from the enemy. I told them, the exact point where you picked me, drop me there. And they were so fearful, I don't know what the Lord put in their hearts. They dropped me back there. I looked for my pastor from that point. They never took anything from me. Anyway, I was broke. So... <laughs> My pastor took me home. I got home, and I was like, Lord, what was that? Was it a movie? Or is it what young people call drama and video? I'm just sharing this to show you some of the things you are praying for, you should stop praying for if God is with you. Just believe he has done it. The Bible says he surrounds you. 
with a wall of it doesn't say he will he does willingly and without coercion he surrounds you with a wall of fire surrounds you like jerusalem is surrounded some of us if a cat meows outside you bind the cost or demons you are the most protected person on this earth Psalms 91 says it. He that dwells in the secret place. Why does God give you all this protection? So that you can have time to pray with him. Work with him. Let's read Psalms 23. I want us to read together. See a psalm from a man who is in the presence of God. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's read together. The Lord is my shepherd to feed guide and shield I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness uprightness and right standing with him, not for my running it, but for his name's sake. It has nothing to do with you. Let's continue. Yes. Though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me, you are rod to protect, and you are staff to guide they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Surely, let's repeat the first word again. Surely, or only goodness, mercy, and failing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling. If you abide in me, and I abide in you, or my words abide in you, and my message in your hearts, you will ask anything. The Lord provides you with his presence so that you can pray accurate and sure prayers. How many of you are saying, I'm willing to exercise that? Thank you. Let's stand up on our feet. Let's have the worship team come in front. These things are real. These things are possible. If God has done it for others, he will do them for you. We do not need God just because of our needs. We need God because he has his needs for our generation. He has people he wants saved. He has people... He wants delivered. He has people he wants fed. He has nations he wants rescued in prayer through intercession. 
Yes, men and women, who unless you pray from his presence, they will never see the light of the day. People are dying. People are suffering. People are crying. And God is saying, if my people, not if the government, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves in my presence, do what I have for them to do, and pray, I will listen to them and I will heal their land. You are dwelling in the presence of God will benefit millions of people across the nations through your prayer. Nations you never knew, places you have never been to, people you never intended to help will be impacted by your prayer from the presence of God. I feel the Lord wants us today just to desire to walk in that and just operate in that and let him use us for his glory. Just tell him today, Lord, I want to be like a battle axe in your horn ends. Swing me wherever you want. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. I may be young, but I'm willing. Bring everything into the presence of God. You may say, I don't feel I'm perfect enough to dwell in the presence. Bring everything. Bring your sins, bring your failures, bring your weaknesses and shortcomings into the presence of the Lord. standing in the presence of God you're saying yes Lord I want to get deeper into your presence I want to grow in my prayer life I need more revelation from your spirit I need to be more aware and conscious of your presence and of your power and of your grace Lift up your hands, we pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for hearts that desire, for those that are thirst, fill them with your presence. Fill those that are sick with your healing presence. Touch our lives. Transform us by your Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Can you begin to pray right now in His presence? Let the Holy Spirit guide you right now. I know you have needs, but just surrender in His presence. Open your mouth and begin to pray. As Pastor Davis comes up, just open your mouth and begin to pray. Just pray in the presence of God. Some of you may begin to realize how sweet, how blessed it is to pray in the presence of God. You will not struggle. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, speak in tongues, pray anyhow. He leads you right now. In the name of Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you praise. The Lord is bringing an end to your struggle in your prayer life. He's giving you a flow like a river. Just keep on praying, keep on praying. Keep on praying. It is in God's presence as we pray. Where our ears are open, where our eyes are open to see. Just do that. Just do that. Keep doing it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.